Welcome to the jungles of Botswana. Andy here. Uh, Adriano is also with me, but unfortunately he was bitten by a snake about two miles back. So I've left him there. He's tucked in by the roots of a tree, just slightly foaming at the mouth, but I think uh, give him a few days and he'll be totally fine. Why are we in Botswana, you may well ask. Well, uh, we're looking for the lost episode of the Hypotheticals podcast. Uh, sources say it was last seen here uh, a few days ago, so we're just kind of following the scent. Um, we lost this episode about two years ago after we recorded it when I uh, left it on my computer and somehow from there it uh, it vanished into the jungles of Botswana but uh, hopefully hacking through dense rainforest we'll be able to find it again and uh, oh what's that noise it's it could be it could very well be breaking through the trees the hypotheticals podcast <laughs> Adriano. Andy. Welcome to another exciting episode of Hyperfakicals. We we still haven't found a better name. You can asterisk that. on that one. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's it's um, one of the worst uh, names for a segment ever created. Possibly. Let's not dwell on it. The game is, is solid and I'm eager to play. Got my words ready. Last time you may remember, we uh, had fake real Japanese game shows. Um, mm-hmm. This time, we've just gone back to the classic. We've gone back to words. Real and fake words. Uh, do you have a specific number of yours which are fake and real? I do. Um, I have three genuine articles and one fake. Whoa. Okay. Um, and I've got four genuine articles and one fake. So oh, wow. um, it's a bit harder for you this time. Uh, the odds are not in my so favour. I'll, I'll kick off this scenario. Um so, Adriano, describe to me what Sabertash means. I, I feel like this is... <laughs> you're softballing me. Sabertash? <laughs> and yeah, that's I feel easy. this is a word designed for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, a saber-tooth, um, we know well, is, uh, you know, a, a prehistoric beast known for its long, sharp teeth. A sabertash can only be a prehistoric beast known for its long, sharp uh, mustachios. <laughs> now sadly extinct. Oh, uh, when did it get extinct, Adriano? <laughs> I assume there was some uh, clean-shaven period of history <laughs> where it could no longer... Yeah, exactly, that was it. Just couldn't, I don't know, couldn't attract mates anymore. Yeah, Just, what, would they, what would they be used for? I guess a kind of like a, a sideways jousting, because walruses use their long... The long tusks, they're so ungainly as creatures. They're just bags of blubber that kind of undulate their way along on land, right? But they yeah. still manage to use their teeth when they're not gouging their own chests out with them uh, to gouge <laughs> other people's chests out with them. They're just kind of like, ah, uh, and stab. But a saber-tash, they'd be going out sideways. So you could, you know, give them, give someone the side eye and then give them the side tash. Just go over that, that 90 degrees neck rotation. I'm, I'm doing it right now. And... Uh, <laughs> It feels great. You could, you could. They, you they could. find some uh, natural wax and they work that in there to uh, make it especially sharp. That's right. Maybe find some beehives. Uh, <laughs> roll around in those for a while. What does a, a sabertash actually look like beyond the impressive moustache? Well, you mentioned uh, beehives, so I'm picturing a kind of bear, um, right. able to climb trees, get that sweet honey down, just kind of douse its facial hair in it. Um, and yeah, you know, stab, stab away at any potential aggressors. A proud okay. beast. Right. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's the real one. Uh, 
do you want to uh, do one of yours next? I'd love to. Um, with the caveat, I think, as always, that these these are some very obscure words. So I make no promises that I'm pronouncing any of them correctly. Okay. Uh, but I'm happy to spell them out for you if you so desire. Um, uh, here on here on hyperfakeals, we get uh, three spell outs per <laughs> round. That's the rule, <laughs> which I've just made up. I like it. All right. Well, uh, here's the here's the first word. It is mersting, if I'm spelling, if I'm pronouncing that right. It's spelled M-E-U-R-S-T-I-N-G. Mersting. Mersting. Mm. Um, I imagine it's a bit like bursting with mirth, mm. although the, the E is sort of crept in there from an unknown source, but you, you never know, it could be Old English. But yeah, if Great you're, shift. you're absolutely mersting, you're, you're rolling out on the floor, um, possibly with a saber tash. Rolling around there. It's like an old school a... LMAO. Yeah. <laughs> Ruffle Mal, just bursting. I went down the gentleman's club the other day and Jeremy said something. It had me absolutely bursting. I couldn't get off the floor. <laughs> really like took my eye out with that tash of his. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's what bursting is. Well, boom, you've hit the, ha- the nail on the head. I've hit the head on the nail. That's right. As well. Uh, okay, ne- next word for you. Mm. is sopent sopent um so that's spelt s-o-p-p-e-n-t gosh um see this is already it's uh, it's taken root in my head and began to sprout uh, that sounds unpleasant <laughs> in, in the manner of a spider plant you know where they kind of they grow and then they, they just put out a feeler and then where it touches the soil another plant begins to grow yeah you with me? Yeah. So you said, what was it? Sopent. Yes, sopent. Okay, well, I'm already infected with this. And I think it's it's calling to mind a word which may or may not exist. Is is sopurant a word that you know? Um, I can't give any input on this. Right, no, I, I respect <laughs> yeah, that. Okay. I've got to admit, I don't know what that word is. <laughs> you do know? Um, no, I don't know what you don't. What, well, Whatever I may have is. just invented it, so let me let me take you on a roundabout route through another word that I have just invented through to the word that you have probably just invented. <laughs> um, in my mind, sopurant means like putrid, putrescent, rotting, fetid. Okay, that's sopurant. I don't know if that's real. I am I, itching I, to look it up after we're done with this. Hmm. Um, I, I feel <laughs> like that isn't real, but it, it's close to what you're trying to say. Okay, so sopurant in my mind, is a combination of that and just sopping wet. Right. So something just... Ah, you know the way some things rot in, a, in like a dry fashion? Dry rot is a thing. Mm-hmm. And some things just go squelchy and gooey and liquid and rancid. And that's mm. sopant. Sopping, sopurant, disgustingly uh, putrid. That's, that's what's mm-hmm. up. Sopant. So it, it isn't a very wet snake. Oh, I see. You want to make up the words and tell me what they mean. That's the new game, is it, Andy? Well, that's much easier. A wet snake. All right. That isn't. That isn't. That isn't the definition. Good. Um, it's what I said. Your your ball is in your court. So it is. Um, okay. Uh, again, pronunciation a challenge, but I'm going to go with obiophone. Obiophone. Hmm. Wow. Or um, obiophone, maybe. Obe. What? It's spelled O B E Y O. There is oh. no Y. There is no Y. It's O B E O P H O N E. Right. Like a kind of dyslexicophone. This is a very bad invention from um, the early 1900s, where they were pioneering 
telephone technology or possibly late 1800s i'm not quite up to date on the on telephone technology from that period um where they tried to communicate long distances just with oboes um <laughs> and they they'd attach wires to them and they thought that maybe the sound would travel along the wire and you could pick up some lovely oboe playing from uh from jim a few doors down and they discovered um, it was just the perfect frequency to travel down. Like in the same way that whistles are used by shepherds in ancient languages to communicate across hilltops because higher pitched sounds travel better through that mountain air, the oboe is perfectly pitched. It's only a very slightly more advanced version um, than cans on strings, admittedly. But uh, oboes on yes. strings, it's classier. Obeophone. Or, going the other route, it's, it's a phone which, if you pick it up, you'll just be hypnotised. Um, and you must obey. Exactly. Yeah, just from 1960s Batman villain, basically. The Obeo basically, phone. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah ha ha, Cape Crusader, how will you defeat my Obeo phone? I assume that's how they talk to him. And then he just puts the phone down. Phone. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, oh. <laughs> he forgot to give a command at the beginning, he was just already monologuing. Yeah, that's that's a rookie mistake. Yep. Again, my next word is quite hard to say. It's uh, spintherism. Spintherism. Yes, it's spelt S-P-I-N-T-H-E-R-I-S-M. My goodness. Oh, so many associations. First of all, I can't remember what a spendthrift is, but that is a separate issue. A spendthrift? Isn't that a person who literally is thrifty with spending? They don't spend money. Guess so. Okay, well, listen. What? What? what what's the word again? <laughs> Spintherism. <laughs> I love it. It is the condition of thriftiness brought about through prolonged spinsterism right so you're an unmarried woman for for so long eventually you become thrifty it's just amazing how how on the money you are with all of these <laughs> on the money i see what you did there very good uh, i actually didn't see what i did there but thank you for pointing pointing it out you're most welcome and are you are you ready for my final word that's coming at you fast is this is this your final word already no it's not at all i can't count andy <laughs> i'm good at words but numbers they elude me here's oh, number three ne- next time it's real versus fake numbers <laughs> <laughs> that's like a thrilling round 428 no i don't think so um okay here's one and again i don't know i just i've picked an excellent list that i just don't know how to pronounce uh velicor or velichor no velicor velicor okay velicor spelt uh v-e-l-l-i-c-h-o-r velicor velicor you see i was thinking um i guess i was thinking more like bikes velo um but velicor Do you know what does bellicose mean? Does that mean it warlike or is that bellicose? That is bellicose, I am afraid, but I like the idea that it's bike-like or that velicore spelled differently would be like a like grindcore or whatever, a new type of music but for bikes. I think a velicore is actually um wasn't it a Greek myth? The uh it's like a manticore but but on a bike. <laughs> um <laughs> which a manticore is quite, you know, hefty so it doesn't really balance very well on a bike so no one no one had really talked about it in the myths because it was always just fully over not effective um, remind me what a manticore is though god is that the thing with a scorpion tail and a lion's body yes is that what it is it is yeah a a chimera was a different one right manticore was lion scorpion unless there was a third element too there was no man in there right it was literally just lion scorpion that sounds about right a chimera was like a goat head a lion head and an i feel like there was a rooster in there 
for oh, man- really? I, there might be different types of manticore uh not manticore what am i talking about chimera yes listen i'm lost already it was probably <laughs> uh cyclops the words you're talking about <laughs> probably uh i can't think of a more well-known uh a, a minotaur there we go um <laughs> A binator and a velicor might get on. Between them, they have a complete bicycle. And I'm lost. Help. Tell me the next word. <laughs> Tantum rides. Anyway, um, my next word is um, stonk. Stonk. <laughs> yes. Outstanding. Well, I'm reminded immediately of um, the Grinch. And really? Specific- Why? Well, because of the song, Andy. It's a classic. You must know it. Um, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Mm, I didn't really watch much Grinch growing up. Well, that's a rookie mistake. And it is, uh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. It's this whole song uh, in, I think, like all of the, because there's been at least three films of the Grinch now. Uh, at least two out of three have included this song. And it's all about, ooh, how the Grinch is mean. You know, while, it, do, while the, mon- do, the montage is playing of him creating his Santa outfit and all the rest of it, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch is playing. And um the three words that best describe you, this is the Grinch, and I quote, are stink, stank, stunk, because that is Dr. Seuss humour right there. Uh-huh. Uh, so stonk is just the fourth synonym. Right, the lost um, the lost word. The lost tense of uh, stink, yeah. Do you think that's what they're going to call the fourth uh, Grinch film? I think they're going to have to. Yeah, they're yeah. going to have to start employing the nonsense language that wasn't actually included in the original Grinch, just to pad it out a bit, like explore that negative nonsense space. <laughs> just like when they find, um, you know, they, they're always speculating about Shakespeare texts and what could have been written by Shakespeare. They do the same with Dr. Zeus. They like <laughs> no blow doubt. the dust off a, a dusty tome. Uh, <laughs> and... and anything that rhymes, anything they find with non-words <laughs> in, yeah, probably this guy. Yeah, it must be him. Yeah, there we go. Okay, and your last word. Um, get ready, it is cromulent. Cromulent. Mm-hmm. This sounds familiar. You might know this one. But I don't know what it is. Well. Cromulent. Hmm. Cromulent. It's got a good mouthfeel, doesn't it? Cromulent. It's a good word. It does. Yeah, Maybe I that's like what it. it means, a good mouthfeel. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> um, I don't know. Cromulent. There's, there's not many words which sound like cromulent. So it's quite hard for me to kind of bounce off. Um... Mm, cromulent is it a word which isn't really like any other words and that's what it means <laughs> <laughs> just like uh lexical uniqueness yes does it mean andy has run out of ideas <laughs> that's they, they that came up with a word for that yeah andy you're so cromulent right now <laughs> the andy part was redundant actually just you're cromulent it means both you're andy and you've run out of ideas yeah sorry i couldn't be more help on that one but i feel i'm close to the truth uh, and lastly, on my end, is Sarment. Okay, well, <laughs> um, we all know the Psalms, obviously. Um, I, yeah, you're <laughs> all not of versed? Them. All of them, every one, every word. <laughs> yeah. um, we did used to sing Psalms in my uh, Church of England middle school, so I am probably familiar with some. But um, Some Psalms. Some Psalms. Um, <laughs> So, what do they qualify as? They're like sung prayers, right? They're like hymns, but somehow different. They're part of the Bible, right? There's a book of Psalms. Yeah, you what sing Psalms. Now? Yeah, there's song, you sing Psalms. You sing Psalms. Um, and psalm songs. Yes, <laughs> you sing psalm songs. Uh, you sing sung, some psalm songs. S- <laughs> salmon. Salmon sing some psalm songs. Is this the Dr. Zeus book? <laughs> 
No, and it's the definition of salment, which right. is um, it's that particular state of um, sort of religious nirvana, that kind of feeling of real bliss and connection with the beyond brought about by listening to a choir of salmon singing <laughs> psalms. <laughs> salment. Okay, and it's the name that of the a, festival. And that is the, it. <laughs> there it is. Yes. How do they sing the, the salmon? Um, beautifully. Right, they just do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through the power of, of divine might alone, they overcome their lack of lungs to produce sweet, Look, sweet music. Don't ask me how it's done, but the effect, you, you can't argue with them. It's a miracle. Oh, yeah. We all admit. Absolutely. Okay, are we ready to uh, to reveal... To peel back Oh, wait, we need to veil. pick. We need to pick which we think is fake. Oh, yeah, we haven't actually played the game yet. Do you want to run through yours? Um, you, you want me to just re- recapitulate? Yeah, if you would. So we have Mersting. Which you decided was? Oh God! Um, <laughs> bursting, bursting with mirth. Yes. That's right. Obeophone, obeophone, obeophone. Either an oboe telephone or a Batman-style 1960s device. Cromulent. Cromulent is a word for when you've run out of ideas. And velicor. <laughs> velicor is a manticore that rides a bicycle. Love it. And what were yours again? Um, mine were Sabertash. Which you said was... Oh, a very sharp moustache, or rather the beast that possessed one. Sopant. Um, just dripping wet and putrid. Spintherism. Uh, becoming thrifty through being a spinster. Stonk. <laughs> Much like stink, stank and stunk. <laughs> and salmon. <laughs> Which needs no explanation. Why <laughs> <Quite> so. <laughs> Salmon choir, and we leave yeah. it there. Okay, um, oh god, I don't know which of yours is... Uh... I'm going to go, because I think you're sneaking, you might have put it first to throw me off. I'm going to go with Mersting. Mersting, final answer? It's my final answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think you've been sneaky and put yours last, so I'm going to go with Salmont. Well. Drum, drum roll, please. Mersting is correct. Yes! Yeah, very good nice. job. I was exactly Four. sneaky and put it first. And let me tell you, <laughs> I... I struggled a little bit to come up with a word that was legitimately fake. I had a couple of trial runs where it turned out they were actual words. Right. Um, and I searched this one in Google, and at least with this spelling, uh, it only brought up two results. One of which, uh, it looked like it was a name of some kind, and the other one, uh, the page was just pure gobbledygook. Like, not even another language, I don't think, just I have no idea oh, what it was. that might have been on, um, there's that uh, website where they've literally, they just generate pages of every, I think it's called Babel, every single combination of letters, they're just going through generating nonsense. In the hope that it will eventually produce the complete works of Shakespeare, or just to pad out Google results? <laughs> I'm guessing for the Shakespeare thing, but I don't know. Interesting. Maybe yeah. then. Mm. Uh, do you want to know which was fake? I certainly do. You were close. The fake one was Sopant. Really? Yeah. God, not a slimy wet serpent at all. You no. sneaky thing, you. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> so, want to know what Sarment means. Okay, Sarment is a thin stem or runner that forms a new plant. No, you're telling Much me... like you were saying about spider plants. Ah, I literally <laughs> described what they are. That's a Sarment. Spelled yeah. how? S-A-R... M-E-N-T. My goodness. Not P-S-A-L-M at all. No, no. Well, I've learned something new, and for that, I thank you. Uh, A stonk Mm. is... To be fair, this is slang. I'm hoping we allow military slang. Mm, All right. On a a, technicality. (laughs) A concentrated artillery bombardment. A stonk. Seriously. Yeah. Good grief. Um, Spintherism is... um, 
you know when you like you get up really quickly and suddenly you have like sparks in front of your eyes like those yes. little like silvery things it's those wow that sensationism yeah fun and a saber tash is a flat satchel on long straps worn by some cavalry and horse artillery officers from the left of the waist belt. Heavy artillery theme, I've just realised with mine. <laughs> yeah, what is what is this? Have you been reading some historical fiction? or just... No, no, I just found these words somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Intriguing. I like it. Well, you will be pleased to know that an obiophone um, is a mechanical keyboard instrument used to imitate woodwind instruments. You're kidding. Nice. Yeah, so it's, you know, it, it wasn't a method of communication, but there was an oboe involved. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the attempt to imitate one. Mm-hmm. Do, um, do we know how successful this is? Have you listened to one? I haven't. I should. I, I invite any listeners to do so. Um, That's your, your homework for this week, listeners. Yeah, exactly. Let us know the results. A, a velicor is the strange wistfulness of used bookstores. Wow. Right? That is specific. Isn't that marvellous? Who the came up with that? strange wistfulness of used bookstores. I've no idea. I vaguely suspect it to be a quite a modern neologism. I didn't look too deeply into the source, uh, so... Because you'd think that would be something based on, like, nostalgia. Yeah. But they've just gone a totally different direction. My guess, because it doesn't appear to have an Anglo-Saxon root, like, it looks odd and foreign to me, I my guess is that it's one of those oddly specific, you know, Scandinavian words or something that has just been kind mm. of co-opted or mutated. Although, veli, that's probably from vellum, isn't it? Like what they used to print, oh. like not print, write on. That's a good point. We're, we're getting um, dangerously close to actual knowledge and information here. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to skip quickly on to uh, cromulent, which is very close to being a fake word, because in actual yeah. fact, um, it, it means appearing legitimate, but actually being spurious. So it's somewhat uh, perfect for this game. That is perfect. Isn't it? And it was, I believe, invented by The Simpsons. Um, it's a word used by the school teacher Miss Hoover, uh, in which she defended one made-up word uh, by making oh, up God, another. Oh God, that's where I know it from. <laughs> I knew I knew it from somewhere. There we are. But actually, I think it might appear in Blackadder as well, where he's trolling the inventor of the dictionary by using a bunch of made-up words because the guy is like, "I've put every word in existence in this dictionary." He's like, "Really? Well, how wonderfully cromulent for you, or something." No, that is it. That is it. Oh. Yeah. There we go. So it may have two two sources. That which is... came first, listeners? Who knows? Chicken or egg? So there nice. we are. I feel enriched. How do you feel? I feel like we've wasted the listeners' time, but in a in a fun way. Isn't that really the goal? High five! I I feel I'm buzzing with energy. I feel spin thrifty, spin thrifty, spin Let's go out on a stonk. Andy, an episode or two ago, we took to task the restaurant industry um, in combination specifically with the fairground and roller coaster sector and created, I think, the greatest fusion of all time. That is to say, roller coasters uh, on which you are fed occasionally by force, uh, always <laughs> a thrilling experience. Yeah. And it got me to thinking, Andy, what other commonplace long-standing hospitality-based services, catering and stuff, have not been sufficiently revolutionised for how, how the new age. Can we make some quick dollar? Oh, well, exactly. That's, that's, exactly. That's Always the question. we need question. to know. Yeah. And I think, Andy, the next place we take it uh, is the hotel industry. So my question for you is, how can we revolutionise 
hotels? It's an obvious question, really, and uh, I'm surprised that no one has ever thought of it before. No one has ever thought of this. It's a brand new idea. Um, so I've got one which I think is obvious and, you know, it's going to sell, uh, like hotcakes. You've heard of ice hotels, yeah? You mm-hmm. go stay in like a little igloo. Made they out look snow. amazing, I have yeah. to say. Ice sculptures all over the place. And I don't understand... I guess you wouldn't be freezing because there are ice bars, right? And you you book a fifteen minute time slot. You go in, they serve you a novelty cocktail in an ice glass. Yeah, you're wrapped yeah. up in parkas and gloves and everything, and then they kick you out. You're not in there for an evening because it's absolutely freezing. But the hotel isn't freezing. Is it in Lapland? I don't understand. I think it must be somewhere pretty cold, like with with snow all year round. I think the whole point of Iglis is that they're pretty warm. But I think they haven't gone. Uh, they haven't explored the other elements enough. You know? That is true. So why not have fire hotels? Everything <laughs> Igloos are is not on warm fire. Enough, this one. No, we need fire. That's how you keep things warm. So I've, to be honest, I've just stolen this, uh, this little section from the ice. It's called Ice Hotel. This website. I've just kind of stolen what they've said and replaced it with fire. Um, but see what you think, because I think it works quite well. Um, in 2016, we launched a whole new fire experience to be enjoyed alongside our classic fire hotel experience. Fire Hotel 365 is a semi-permanent structure that includes luxury suites, <laughs> each with private relax right. and fire room and fire suites, all scorched by selected arsonists, <laughs> as well as a large fire bar that serves boiling champagne and a fire gallery. This fire experience can be visited year-round and is heated by more fire during the cold winter months. I love it. I don't see any problem with this, as long as you stock it with enough uh, flammable enough, materials. Enough fire. Yeah. yeah, enough fire. <laughs> More fire. Always the answer. You know, Your bed's on fire, everything. <laughs> there's something enchanting about fires. I, for one, find them hypnotic. You get a good log fire going. I'm having to watch that all evening. Exactly. Um, and, I, and why wouldn't you want to stay fire. in one? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if it was good enough for the Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> That's better than what I was thinking, which is just, how about a hotel where... It's everything is just kind of like heated to sauna levels, like like a hot right. yo- hot yoga. Hot yoga is very popular. I haven't done it myself because I would pass out and die. I don't deal <laughs> well with hot temperatures. But um, yeah, just warm it up, sauna style. Your room, your ensuite, all the communal areas, your restaurant. Just bump it up to a, a, a soothing, I don't know, forty degrees, whatever it is. I feel like your your idea is actually realistic. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so very expensive could, could actually be done obviously terrible in terms of environment and everything but um but i, I guess I, it would be the ultimate detox you just sweat all of it out all the toxins, your entire body anything in your body yeah just out it comes but I, I like the idea of the fire hotel as a kind of like a season ender like, like um you got a hotel needs to be demolished well listen for the last six months you're gonna have a fire sale as it were a real blowout <laughs> we're gonna end on a high note you said it was a semi-permanent installation um, <laughs> yeah. i like the idea of it being like a pop-up installation it just kind of roams around it's like oh yeah did you hear about the old hilton yeah it's getting really shabby oh well it's a fire hotel now oh awesome guess we better book a room because it's gonna be gone in a month and a half yeah, it's gonna sell out fast because <laughs> limited time frame i like it fire hotel that's solid mm. you got any other well, it's, it's not solid well, okay. famously unstable. Um, to be honest, fire was the main element I was going for. That's fair. Mm. Underwater is kind of like underground. I'm sure that exists. Underwater is commonly explored in fiction. Yeah, I think there are even some underwater hotels at the moment. So pff, boring. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, pff, that's not good enough. Well, um, I like the idea of <laughs> unconventional elements. Or well, I okay. Listen, a gingerbread hotel basically uh, oh that's fiery that you could have that yeah that would yeah be speaking of fiery this is gingery 
um, cooked to perfection, out in the woods. It, it could be an Airbnb, like a cabin, a chalet, right? A gingerbread chalet, perfectly nice. themed, um, delicious. And uh, let's is move it on. delicious? <laughs> That's all I have to say about gingerbread hotels. Well, Just how, is it, how are you going to keep it clean? <laughs> You're not. Uh, it would. You'd have to find a way to create prefabs, basically. So you've got to build a whole new hotel for every new person that comes along. No, 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 no. Prefab rooms. Like, it's it's more of a complex. Right. More of a so village. you're not staying in someone else's room, which they've nibbled on already. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's like a budget option where you can it get It gets cheaper. Yeah, yeah, throughout the year. Maybe. Maybe. You pay a um, premium for that that um, untouched suite, but then it just gradually... <laughs> yeah, the, the virgin suites are particularly sought after. I don't... Oh, that's very unpleasant. Uh, let's move on to something else unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> so efficiency right in this modern age we've got um you've got your holiday in express you've got your kind of like hotel within an airport yeah um you've got even further the the japanese once again industrious people they've come up with the pod hotel right they've been known for decades at this point i think and my understanding is you go and they tuck you into kind of like a drawer essentially i don't think they tuck you in <laughs> no that's true <laughs> maybe a premium service but your room is a, is a drawer it's like a, a horizontal cupboard right yeah mm-hmm. with a little tv in it and you're lying on your bed and it's just in much the same way that particularly in Catholic countries, I believe, where they don't go in for burial or cremation, um, they store their dead in kind of these cubby holes. Yeah, Yeah. I guess so. There we go. Like, much like that, but for the living and the busy. Uh, For the businessman on the go, (laughs) you've got your your capsule hotel. And to that I say, not good enough. I'm picturing a maximum efficiency. You need a place to sleep um, and get breakfast. You need, you need, you need, and, and shower. You need to be... Uh, you need rest, you need cleansing, and you need feeding, right? These are the, the core aspects of a hotel experience, I feel. Exactly. Once you've stripped away all the nonsense about being, like, sort of served and looked after, and we don't have time for that, what we have is at reception, no desk or whatever, just a big Amazon locker, right? You're familiar, there's just a the rows of lockers, there's a screen, you go up, you hit the screen, you punch in your um, like your, your code you were sent with your booking email, or, or even better, you scan a QR code on your phone, your locker pops open, it doesn't have your room key inside, because forget about that, we don't have time for rooms, instead, there's just um, a, a cup of water and a couple of sleeping pills. Yeah. Uh, you just pop those, I mean, well, maybe for... <laughs> I haven't quite gotten around the nudity issue. Uh, <laughs> you pop the sleeping pills, you chug the water, and then you just collapse backwards onto uh, a conveyor, maybe a crash mat on a conveyor. And then your luggage as well. Picture, you know, those luggage conveyors in airports, they go back into, I am assuming, based solely on Toy Story 2, um, yeah. an insane complex of uh, you know conveyors <laughs> all over the place. Or I guess, actually, I'm really picturing another Pixar film to it, Monsters, Inc., where they've got all the doors in storage. Are you familiar? Yeah, or, I am. Right? Or one I'm of those just... <laughs> novel car parks where, like, you drive your car in onto a plate and then leave, and then, like, the machine, like, the robotic arm takes your car and stacks it away neatly. It's like that, but for people. So they stack you among hundreds and hundreds of other guests, like in The uh-huh. Matrix. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Exactly. And then are you, you rest in, Are up. you in, like, a tank? I, that seems expensive. You could do that. You could have everyone just submerged in a kind of a gel. Like a I nutrient guess. slurry. A nutrient slurry. The cleansing. Well, my thinking is they wake you up with a shower. They just they just shower the just there's just sprinklers in the ceiling. They just douse the whole stack. <laughs> right. And so. Oh wait. So does that mean that the people at the bottom get like all the dirt from people above? 
which you know then you get a, like a pricing structure i guess um i don't know i don't know how you do that maybe maybe you go through on a conveyor like one by one or like whatever's quickest and cheapest and i'm trying to figure out would you need to strip off before you take the pills and go to sleep or would they give you like change into because people still want their privacy you know a little bit so maybe they just step behind the screen and they change into this nice hotel provided dressing gown like a hospital gown mm-hmm. uh, but it's made of like water soluble material so when they turn those showers on it just it sloughs off yeah it just oh. dissolves and then they just shower you all get all that muck off <laughs> And then just like a load of hair dryers, just dry so, everybody. So at the bottom, you're just getting hit in the face by like people's dissolving clothes, which they I don't slept know. in. <laughs> there well, may I say be slept, a better way. They've been unconscious in. It counts in the legal definition of sleep. <laughs> it counts. And then they just they give you like a, a smoothie and a you know like like in uh, in Wally. It's all about Pixar films basically. I've just combined three of them. <laughs> Um, into the perfect hotel experience. They they hand you a breakfast in a cup, and uh, that's it. You're off to your next uh, international business appointment. Sounds amazing, right? And uh, um, hmm, it actually sounds more expensive than a normal hotel because you've got to get all this machinery <laughs> in place. I feel it like sounds less efficient. It's a high initial cost, but the actual overhead once it's running. Right, it's very it's quite low. low. You don't have to hire any housekeeping. You can have it wherever. It doesn't need to look nice at all. Nobody's coming down to a buffet. There's no chefs or whatever. It's just you buy Huel, still not sponsored by Huel, but one of these days you buy like a <laughs> you know a food powder and then you just add water. That's breakfast. Like it's you know nice and easy. A lot of cost cutting once you've got the initial robotic setup. Why don't you um you cover them in uh in the powder and then give them a shower and they just have to lick it up. <laughs> before it goes away that's a real wake-up call yeah just like that that adrenaline from like the loss of food it ignites a primal drive to be awake and alert yeah that could work that could work i might actually uh i'm gonna skip ahead here i'm gonna talk about my new idea for a hotel yeah um which i have titled airbnb bench (laughs) so um i love familiar with airbnb where you basically rent out people's homes Mm -hmm. um as sort of b&b rooms but i i was i was thinking there's all these benches everywhere in cities and um you know people sometimes sleep on them and why not monetize that you know (laughs) it's a great untapped demographic there's there's all these benches just wasted and and there's people who can't you know who can't afford an airbnb (laughs) so i'm really doing them a service by by charging them to sleep on this bench for the night oh god this is one of the darkest segments (laughs) So you you're going to charge the homeless to sleep on benches? No, no, not the homeless. You're going to charge hipsters to experience like homelessness for a night. Exactly. And, and <laughs> I see. The home, homeless off the benches, which is an unfortunate side effect. Um, <laughs> well, very sought after in some districts. Yeah, and councils. but in, in my purely capitalist ideology here, we're oh, going to go with it and that you're going to get an app and you're going to punch in the code that you get mm-hmm. when you reach the bench. Um, and let's say at night... And the know, spikes maybe, just retract. Yeah, maybe there's, there's spikes or there's there's a cover that comes down at night so that people can't, can't sleep on it. Um, mm. But then I guess that might be too... That's a bit too high-tech. I just want it to be benches and you just kind of have said, yeah, this is your bench. You're you're sleeping here. Look, I've got this app and it, you go up to this person who's asleep on a bench and say, excuse me, 
Um, I'm actually supposed to be asleep on this bench. I've got this I, booking. I actually booked it last week. It's like the awkward conversation you have with the person on the train that is sat in your seat, but you've exactly. actually reserved it. But there's no indicator that you've reserved it. It's you've had an email that they haven't seen. <laughs> and they just have to take your word for it that this seat is yours. It's like that with, with benches. Wonderful. Yes. I guess I also toyed with the idea of um, a bench warden, a bit like a traffic warden who comes around. Um, or oh, you're upping your overhead costs there. Like as an app developer... <laughs> A little, but maybe like one or two. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You didn't. You won't have to pay pay them very much. They'll probably sleep on the benches themselves. Um, but they go round and they stick. Uh, you know those yellow squares you get when you have a parking ticket. Uh, they just yeah. stick those on people's on heads. Just, yeah. <laughs> <If you're laughs> or they clamp them. <laughs> yes, they clamp them. That's another idea. So um, to the bench. <laughs> so, <laughs> it seems counterproductive. I have to well, say. No, I've thought this through, you see, because you don't clamp them to the top of the bench. You put them under the bench and you clamp them to that. To so the people, underside. So people can still sleep on the bench. The absolute darkest. <laughs> and, and, and it is a nightmare. I mean, it is a living hell, but, you know, it could make some, lots of money. A great way, yeah, for just like a, an unscrupulous app developer to make some cash. Yeah, why not monetize public property? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Until you get kicked off the app store and people figure out, like, which uh, country with lax laws you're living in, uh, you'll make a mint in Bitcoin. Yeah, but by then, you know, you'll be... By then you're in Mexico or wherever. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Airbnb bench, you monster. (laughs) Sorry. All right, listen, still in the realm of, like, (laughs) high-tech, but more upmarket, but still cost-cutting a bit. Okay. You know the way hotels are able to charge a premium for different rooms? And it's always kind of... This is, like, not the same model as the Holiday Inn Express, where I guess they kind of... They go for the, like, every room is the same approach. They're just cookie cutter. And they cut costs that way. Some hotels, it's like... It's a quirky building that's been converted. Yeah, like a boutique hotel. Shapes. Yeah. Or even just, like, that kind of mid-range one where it's like, this building was never intended to be a hotel, really, and they've done <laughs> their best, but, like, this room's a bit bigger, and this one's got a weird shape, so they like, you know, charge less for this, and you charge more for the rooms with a view, and I've always found that a bit weird. Like, if you're running a toy factory, you don't just kind of let the machines produce what they want, and then you're like, yeah, this is a good teddy, we'll charge quite a bit, and this one's got eight eyes, and it wasn't intended <laughs> to be a spider, so we're going to have to charge less for it. Like, that just seems like a bad model. You standardise, right? Uh-huh. So... Room with a view, that's old hat, like as an added, as a value, like that's insane that only some people get that. Where's the justice? You build a rotating hotel, tower style, nice. big windows, and yeah. uh, it's just, it slowly goes round and round. Everyone gets a view. Charge a premium for every room, mucho mula. Nice. Right. Or, um, I guess you could actually call it room with a view. You could. Yeah, it's the perfect name for the chain of hotels. Uh, trademark me. <laughs> uh, OC, please do not steal. And I, I feel like it, it back, uh, it back, backpacks, jetpacks, springboards. Sorry, <laughs> springboards, <laughs> leapfrogs, words. <laughs> it follows on perfectly from the concept of the rotating restaurant, which I believe has existed for a while. Would it kind of? I don't know. I think it might wake you up quite a lot. Do you think? Why? Well, I don't know. Just the. Con- I guess it would be quite comforting, actually. Yeah, it'd be a very slow rotation. I feel like every couple of hours you do a full rotation and you're worrying about the engines just kind of like... It would be no louder than like a heating system. Just constant. How would you plumb this place? Oh, I wouldn't. (laughs) That is a bit too far. (laughs) I have no notion at all. You get the benefits of a a view, but no, we're not going to give you a toilet or a shower. Are you joking me? Plumbing, I hadn't considered that. Um, I guess you need some flexible piping and a kind of core... 
I flexible, don't know. Flexible piping. It would, surely it would just wrap itself sh- in a knot. It's fine. I don't listen. Whatever is whatever the innards of a Rubik's cube look like. Yeah. That's what's going on. Right. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what's going on in there. It's magical. Yeah, no one knows works. what happens in a Rubik's Cube. No, it's impossible to know. Uh, but that's what's going on in this hotel. I see. Actually, no, I thought of a very simple way you'd plumb it. Yeah? You'd do the pipes into a central tower bit, and then it, they'd all go down. Yeah. No, there's no, there's no problems. It's actually quite a no good idea. No problems at all. It's the best hotel. Exactly. Yeah. Although, <laughs> if you actually want an easier way, without having to make the hotel rotate, of everyone getting a lovely view, you just mm. make your hotel entirely out of glass. So everyone gets a view of some kind. Yes. Um, and I, I was having this idea. And it's quite, yes, exactly. You, you just spy on people. It's not a place to go for, you know, your um, surreptitious affair or whatever. Right. Um, this people... is not the motel that you take the hooker to. Unless no. you're into that kind of thing. Well, yeah, uh, exactly. You run that risk when you go because you might see a lot of that stuff. Uh, this is like when they invented friggin' chat roulette and that's what it became instantly. Yeah. Just exhibition essential. Okay. Yep. Um, what, what, what were you which brings me to my Andy? next point, which is it just is also a nudist hotel. Oh, is it, we're going there. Fine. Okay. Yeah. So it's not quite the same. You know, like nudist beaches, the whole point is that no one really cares and everyone just wanders around. Yeah. Um, and can see everything. So if you've got a hotel made of glass, it's quite nice to just be able to see everyone just look up. It's like, oh yeah, that's oh, that's okay. there. So you're just you're cultivating a different ethos, basically. You take you take away the the, the power of the taboo by just exactly. making it the thing. It's just okay. It is what it is. Everyone's fine with it. Yeah. And I mean, it wouldn't be... It's, I'm, I'm having trouble here, actually, because obviously <laughs> there would be a problem that some people would try to conceal themselves with, with clothes, so you'd have to Oh, you get... would not be allowed to... Like, but you'd have but to things like scubays and mattresses might also need to be made of glass, which <laughs> provides problems. Glass. Yep. Surely uh, you could come up with some translucent plastic, like whatever it is that you oh, get like Amazon a... packages in. Oh, no, Amazon uses the paper now, but... Uh, you I know, don't know if that's... I don't think it's transparent enough. I just uh, don't. Too translucent. <laughs> I see that. It, well, listen, is there not a benefit to some translucency, e.g. around bathrooms? No. Possibly, but no, no, no value whatsoever. We need if, your, if your bedroom is below someone else's bathroom, you're not <laughs> oh, having a good no. time. Um, Are the pipes translucent as well? Yes. Like how, yes, yes. Everything 100% visible at all times. This is like one of those horrifying organisms with like <laughs> completely see-through, like a jellyfish. You can see all its guts. Another thing is that when the sun comes in in the morning... If you're in an unlucky position, you oh, will boy. get boiled to death um, <laughs> by the, the refractory powers of this glass monstrosity. <laughs> but that's the price you pay. And that is a very low, low price for those rooms. Is refractory <laughs> so, the right word for that? It sounds like it would be because refraction, but it also sounds like a different thing. And I like it. Uh, rainbows. There'd be rainbows everywhere. Ah, it would, see, it would be beautiful. Yeah, it would be. It would be part beautiful, part horrifying. Just the whole spectrum. Spectrum. Star for naked. See what I did there. But they um, have to be, otherwise they make people feel uncomfortable. I guess if you really didn't want to be naked, the only thing you could really cover yourself in is food. Um, <laughs> that's which, the only which... thing that's made available. <laughs> exactly, and that's, that's you know, you just look like an idiot then. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So th- no towels or anything? Um, No. No, you just... just drip, drip dry on this very slippery surface. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's a lot of problems with a glass hotel, now that I think about it. Yeah, it would it would be easier to engineer like X-ray specs. I almost feel like and just give them to everyone. Yeah, but then you gotta like blast everyone with X-rays all the time. That is true, and it very shortly just becomes the cancer hotel. Yeah, not great. No, it's not the best. Okay, glass nudist hotel. That's solid. Well, yeah, <laughs> again, quite fragile. <laughs> People in glass hotels <laughs> should not throw stones.
dangerous, yeah. but a, a, a good art piece. I mm. like it. Um, actually, I've got another idea going on from the Nudist Hotel, um, mm. which is, I've called it the Garden of Eden. Um, oh. And it, it's less a hotel, more a sort of outdoor experience. Okay. So let, it might even be in a sort of vaguely indoor environment, but it's so massive that you can't really tell. Um, sort of like, mm-hmm. um, what's that film? The Truman Show, a bit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's natural day. and wonderful. There's trees everywhere. It's always like gorgeous sunshine. It's beautiful weather. If if you're ever too hot, you just like say, "Oh, it's too hot," and you like cool down. They're like it's a bespoke thing just for you, but for one person, for two people, man two and people. woman, and you know, okay. obviously, of course, yes, it's I, fig leaves. You, yeah. Um, but if you eat anything which <laughs> you're told you're not allowed to eat, you get kicked out. <laughs> Um, and it's a one-off fee that you pay at the beginning, and you can stay there as long as you like, as long as you don't eat that Until food. Until you're tempted. And as each day progresses, it actually becomes harder and harder to avoid certain foods. So the staff will make the labelling less clear on your food, apples <laughs> will be disguised as pears, people will try to sneak food into your mouth at night. <laughs> so it's kind of an endurance challenge, but also this kind of paradise. That is marvellous. So it's a really fun experience, except it just becomes... So you, you have to decide for yourself, when do those scales tip? When is it no longer paradise? Because yes. you're just being continuously pestered with temptation. When is it the paranoid hotel? Yeah. When, when have you spent your, your 40 days in the desert and now it's finally time <laughs> to say to the devil, yes, okay, I will materialise some pancakes or whatever. <laughs> the story goes. And eat some chickpeas. Delicious. Maybe the, the food would change every day and you've got to be really careful. Who knows? Yeah. And are there wild beasts all over the place? That you oh, yeah, to, there's like, loads name? of snakes. Loads yeah. of snakes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it's a paradise, snakes. but lots of snakes. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> okay, I'm a fan. Listen, I'm going to take it I'm gonna take it back to a classic. Not not like a biblical classic, a classic of ours. Um, I feel I we have some other running themes, like animals. Uh, and, but one of our themes is transport. Yes, most and definitely. hotels on means of transport. We already have a plane... Like on an international flight, uh, is kind of already a hotel. You sleep. There's stuff that bring you food and stuff. You know, it's kind. It's it, it's um it's a hotel esque experience. It's sort of an enforced hotel on a long distance flight. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's still a hospitality experience. So mm-hmm. you know, in the air, that's done. Unless you want to start messing about with hot air balloons or something, that could be fascinating. Blimps, they've already been done. So you know, whatever. Forget about it. In the air. Um, trains, that's been done, the Orient Express and stuff, that's amazing. You get sleeper cars, you get a buffet car, super cool. Um, you could probably do something with a submarine, I guess. It gets complicated and I don't know why you would, but certainly on the water, that's done. Cruise ships, you're there. So, what's missing? Hotels on the road. Now, you could argue the caravan exists, the RV exists. Oh, the but you, can't, you can't drive it while you're, while you're holidaying, can you? That's what's missing. Because ho- you have a house, right? And a, and a caravan is a house on the road. What's a hotel? It's a house that isn't your house. Someone else looks after you. <laughs> they will clean your room. You give them money. They give you food and service and all the rest of it. So what you've got is a caravan... Or a lorry, right? Just a big lorry. Some people, they put houses in the back of lorries sometimes. This is a hotel. Maybe there's two, three rooms. I don't, I don't know how many rooms you could fit into this thing. Maybe it's just one nice room. It would um, have to be one, surely, because you got to cater for it and, and everything. 
That's a good point, but it depends, because there might be, like, an auxiliary catering van following you around or something. Oh, which can, like, like, join up with you, Transformer style. Maybe. That would be amazing. Or it's, like, a, a tour, like a road trip of the US or something, and they have predetermined stops with, like, catering suppliers, and they'll supply the food. You know, the point is, you've got a chauffeur who is also your chambermaid, um, who is also your concierge, who is also <laughs> your waiter. Um, and they just wait on you. And I can't decide. Jenkins, is... why are you serving me apples? Who's driving the bus? <laughs> serving me apples. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Jenkins, this applesauce is a little tart. And also we're off the road. <laughs> yeah, but it's either the most ghetto hotel ever, because it's just in the back of a lorry, or it's a rich man's like caravan. I can't figure out which. It occupies both ends of the spectrum simultaneously. You can uh, have a whole I'm range. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah, you could go up market, you could go down market. But you could have them in the back of a trailer or a pickup truck. You could have them in uh what is a really up market lorry, <laughs> I don't know. Um uh, like a limousine? I oh. Mm. Yes, a stretch limousine. Yeah. Uh you've already got a hot tub, get a bed in there. Yeah. What are the land things? <laughs> land, things? land things, like vehicles. <laughs> yeah. I want a bicycle hotel for starters. We well, talk about bikes often. <laughs> we have very often. <laughs> Like one of those pedal pubs, but a pedal hotel. One person gets to sleep in the middle, everyone else has to pedal them around. Well, I quite... This is what's always attracted me about canal boats, is that you have to steer where you go, and everyone else is just kind of there, just like chilling, and you like rotate shifts. Um, And then, yeah, I guess there's no equivalent of that on the road, unless you count just like driving a car, which which I don't, so... I think it it, it hails back to a time when... um, horses would pull a gypsy wagon and you people would sleep in the back of that that's really that's the experience i crave but you don't want to be in a in a horse drawn wagon you want to be in a, a big a sleek limousine oh or, or, or a lorry a giant lorry yeah yep. exactly. <laughs> big and loud just obnoxious that's what i mean yeah. um but talking about <laughs> i'm now on the, the the pedal pub where like someone gets to sleep in the middle and everyone else takes shifts pedaling you could also arrange that in a normal building with the shifts. So norm- the normal arrangement is you exchange something you have, which is money, for something you don't have, which is, like, the space. Whoa, whoa, like... slow down, what? You have to pay for hotels? Gee, I've been going wrong. I feel like what they're providing is, like, you're in a place away from home, so they provide for you a, a safe shelter. Yes. And also, like, the time and effort and everything to, like, change your own sheets and clean and cook and all the rest of it, because, you you know, you're busy doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. And you exchange money for this. But what if you weren't exchanging money for it? What if you're exchanging labour? So, like, what we'll do is we'll work you an eight-hour shift, but then you get to sleep in the hotel and the other guests will will wait on you. Right. Right? Eight-hour you shift. That's, that's a full work day. That maybe that's too much. You could arrange it in the same way that in prison, I think, like it's like, well, this guy's on laundry duty, this guy's in the kitchen. You know what I mean? They're like assigned tasks and they kind of make the system work amongst themselves, uh-huh. like that. But a, a hotel, I guess. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it would differ from a prison. I haven't figured that out yet. It does sound quite a lot like a prison. A little bit, and I'm not entirely sure how it would differ from like a commune, because eventually you'd have to purchase stuff from the outside, like food stuff. So it'd be like, okay, well, you also asked to contribute a little bit to the pot, and like eventually you're just you're just running like a a, a hippie commune, like off the grid, where you're just self-sufficient, you take it in turns to like farm and all the rest of it. Except you're not at all self-sufficient because you're in a hotel and you're just like buying salmon. <laughs> I feel like that's what it would need to turn into, uh, or yeah, you just I don't, I don't know where the money would be coming from otherwise. Unless someone is taking a shift. Unless you have some guests that pay to stay there. And some, like a tiered pricing system. Or they're... Hmm. 
Yeah, I guess that is just paying to stay. I was like, what if you had some guests that stayed there and they contributed some of the work that they did, the money from that into the hotel? I was like, that's just paying for a hotel. <laughs> that room. is just a hotel, yeah. We're just yeah. brought it back, yeah. But I like the idea. There's a there's a tradition in Italy known as the Café Sospeso, the suspended coffee, which is where um, when you go in, I don't know if it's still done or how popular it is. I think it started being done elsewhere and indeed they adapted it to things like Starbucks um, gift cards. But um it's a sort of a charitable tradition where you'd go to a uh, coffee bar and you'd buy a coffee and you'd ask the uh, like the waiter to give you your the barista to give you a coffee and a suspended coffee too please and that means you pay for two coffees and you leave one coffee on the tab basically oh, and then right. someone who really needs a coffee but doesn't have the cash can come in and say hey is there a suspended coffee by any chance and then they'd be like yeah here you go and then they'd take one off the chalkboard or whatever i don't know i don't know how honest the system was oh but, uh, that's really that's- nice isn't it? Yeah, like it's a, a doing a kind turn to a stranger. You'll never know who they are, but you know, maybe in a time of need, you'll need a coffee, and you don't have any. <laughs> there we are. So I like that, but um, in a in a hotel setting somehow. Like maybe maybe sometimes you stay for free, sometimes you stay and then you stay on an extra week and you work as a you know as a waiter. Jeez, or in the well, yours are so yours are so benevolent, and I came up with Airbnb bench. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there we go. We got to we got to hit the range. We got to hit the whole range. Yeah. Speaking of non-benevolent uh, hotels, it's back to me. Um, <laughs> a hotel in a labyrinth. Sold. So all the amenities are there. It's a lovely hotel. You've got hang a on, hang on. Hotel uh, in t- located entirely within the centre of a labyrinth, like it's no. difficult to get to. No. no. Spread so, out within. All the amenities are there. You've got a sauna. You've got a spa centre. A swimming pool. Gym. Lovely bedroom. Restaurant. Five star quality. Maybe mm-hmm. Michelin star. But unfortunately, they are all separated by a labyrinthine maze of gargantuan proportions. <laughs> so, <laughs> so whenever you want to go anywhere, you're going to navigate this maze. And it's kind of potluck where you end up, to be honest, because it's so massive. Um, staff are on hand 24-7 <laughs> because none of them can actually get out of this maze in time before their next shift starts. So <laughs> they're just sort I... of there. <laughs> I like the idea actually that the staff are eerily good at the maze or that they know all these secret passages and things so you're just there like it's like a Scooby-Doo sequence like when people are like coming in and out of doors and just coming out of doors that they there's no way they got to that side like through normal space so you're just like um if, excuse me if you could just direct me to and the waiter just like flips open a portion of the wall and disappears and they never like, direct okay, you yes, anywhere <laughs> no exactly <laughs> you you yeah every every member of staff you come into contact with disappears on an errand of their own yeah completely inscrutable yeah and i had an, an, an idea that maybe um at the start of every day all the staff actually shift the uh the labyrinth around so the walls are yes. all on sort of runners and they just move it around so you can never actually get a grip on where you are yeah i think i think i've seen that in fiction um where like the labyrinth changes and i like the idea that you're there in your room assuming you made it there to your room at night <laughs> otherwise you're just in some portion of corridor and you're being lulled to sleep by the gentle grinding of metal <laughs> on stone as like the walls rearrange themselves yeah this and it's a good money maker mass. though because um, oh yes people never you, leave you don't get return customers but yeah but that's all right because no one ever leaves um, this is like in roller coaster tycoon where i'd make a theme park and then i would <laughs> people could fall into holes but they couldn't climb back out <laughs> and if your if your park was attractive enough people would enter into it right um and you it, it was possible to dig a little to have a cliff basically people would walk through the threshold and then just fall just a, just a, <laughs> just a foot or two but they couldn't climb back up and that's it they're in the park now 
Yeah. Anyone who wants to leave is just impassable. So more people are pouring in. Oh my god! And they're charged by the ride. Every ride, every service, every food stuff, whatever. And you've got convenient cash machines everywhere. They can withdraw more money. No problems here, friends. You won't go hungry. <laughs> this and is every, an atrocity. Every guest is just furious, miserable. <laughs> you look at the like thought feed it gives you of like, what do people think about your park? And it's just, I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to leave. I can't find the exit. Everyone hates it. But by God, you're rich because <laughs> you're just squeezing. <laughs> them for every penny so that's what it have to be like you make it to the restaurant and then you, then you charge them separately for the meal yeah and there you are, eight, be able to there charge are atm everywhere yes oh yeah it's the only the walls are made of them it's the only <laughs> thing that's easy to find yeah maybe maybe the staff charges you for directions i mean there's a lot of ways to to spin this no, oh, rotating maze spinning labyrinth yeah there's because yeah that's there. only that's only worth knowing for one day because then the directions change yeah i love it um another hotel which is sort of um what's the word uh post-apocalyptic in style um i love, I love that that's my favorite genre i think yeah so far i'm i wasn't thinking of post-apocalyptic what am i thinking of dystopic dystopic um okay. is a hotel where you have to hunt for all your items so like they've just been hidden in the maze yeah it's not a maze it's just a normal hotel but you go in um, <laughs> no i guess toothbrush. this isn't as dark but you just go in and you're directed to your room and it's just an empty room there's there's maybe like there's the bed and there's a mattress and that's okay, it. Okay, there is a bed. There is a bed. Okay. Um, just because transporting a bed is quite difficult, but mm-hmm. that's it. You don't get a, like sheets. You don't get a cover. You don't get towels. Dressing Certainly gown. No conditioner. No coffee. No mugs. No TV. No um, slippers. The shower head is missing. Iron um, board. Yeah. My shower head. <laughs> and you, there's you, no toilet seat. <laughs> you like, all are, you all arrive. No door uh, handles. There's no toilet. There's just a hole. Um, <laughs> Uh, no curtains. Are, yeah, no curtains, which is a big one. Mm. You you all just arrive and you're allowed a very limited number of of clothes, pretty much just the ones you're wearing. Um, <laughs> they just take your luggage. Yeah, pretty much. You're, you're not allowed to go prepared. That's, that defies the whole purpose. Yeah, and they've hidden all of these towels and stuff. Even maybe your own luggage <laughs> gets hidden around the hotel. Well, and the, they don't warn you though. They're just like, oh yes, we'll just take your luggage up to your room, and then they just yeah, don't. Yeah. They just smuggle disappears. it somewhere. And then everyone, like, from out of these um, doors, it's like in one of those films where the hounds are released from the cages and all the doors snap back and all the <laughs> hounds pour out. That happens, but with people, and they're all just frantically, it's like an e- big Easter egg hunt, but just scrabbling for, for please, please, supplies. Please, soap. I don't have a pillow. <laughs> I'm going to sleep with that curtain. And you end up with this, like, barter society, but also, like, this vicious sort of Hunger Games style scenario where oh, you're all okay. just fighting over this meaningless... Nonsense. <laughs> this nonsensical resource. Someone has found both the pillowcase stores and the soap cupboard, yeah. and they're fashioning weapons. They've decided <laughs> that's their highest value <laughs> use, and so they're trading those to other prisoners, essentially, in yes. exchange for all the good stuff. I think that's how it would go down immediately. Yeah, I like it. Lord of the Flies star. Yeah, um, or or on a, a different version of this is a more co-op version. So instead of all being like against the other the other inmates, uh, guests, that's it. Um, <laughs> the uh, everything you need is in is closely guarded by the staff in various different locations around oh, the hotel. There's lasers and you know yeah. guards and dogs and stuff, cameras. There's, yeah, there's that kind of thing, and you need to work together to like distract guards or like I guess take them out. Um, <laughs> it's uh, a heist. Yeah, it's it's like a heist hotel, and you all like work together to get the stuff you need. 
That is cool. And, and it makes me think also an escape room hotel would be a good one. Oh, where, yeah. You know, they lock you in a room and, like, all your stuff is there, but it's all sequestered away in, like, secret cupboards and locked chests and everything. And you have to solve a series of puzzles before bedtime. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> you're not going to have anything Well, I'm, Yeah, or, like, an escape room hotel where they trick you. I love tricks. <laughs> Just, yeah, subterfuge is the core. Yeah, subterfuge is key to any good business. Um, So... You're in an escape room and you're like, okay, you've got an hour to get out. Good luck, guys. And you're like, yay, this is so fun. Team building exercise. And then uh, 59 well, minutes in, you're your like, house. yes, we got this combination. And you step outside and then there's just more. There's just a whole hotel. Like you got out of one <laughs> room and you have to get out of every single room in this hotel. That actually sounds delightful. Like I would love that. You pay yeah. for one room experience and instead you're there for like a week. But think how Man. exhausted you'd be. You'd be like, I'm tired of looking at like this map. Upside no, down under infrared light. Thrilled. I did an escape apartment once, my <laughs> girlfriend and her parents. It was a three hour experience. They got a whole God. flat. Wow. Yeah, it was great. We loved it. I would love an escape hotel. But a w- do you not think a week would be too much? <laughs> it would be a real endurance run because it the would. escape rooms already test your group dynamics, you know, like not getting frustrated, cooperating properly, etc. Just in the end, you're going to be so hungry and tired. That's that's a real test of how good a bunch of friends you are. Yeah. And I guess like each each room you go through would like give you different things that you'd need to stay <laughs> stay alive. Like I guess, food. yeah. Some escape rooms already do that, like the little the boxes and things, the drawers you open will also contain like some sweets. Like, yeah, hey, you did it, have some sweets. Yeah, so, like, it'd be like that, but creepy doll rations. heads, like the one we did. That's right, <laughs> shoes that come out the ceiling. Um, yeah. yeah. I guess you could extend this scenario, because mm-hmm. you don't have to have it in a hotel, you can have it in a jungle. And yes, this is kind of combining the Garden of Eden with this one, but um, going back to hunting everything, it's like... Those TV shows like The Island with Bear Grylls, where you just dump a load of people um, on an island and watch them try to survive. Literal hunting, we're talking here. Yeah, literal hunting for, like, food and stuff. But maybe, like, I don't know, some of the animals have soap attached to them. (laughs) They've done a bit of prep work. (laughs) Yeah, they have, so that you still get all the luxuries you'd have in a hotel, but just in this jungle setting. You'll have malaria, (laughs) but you've got your scented hand soap. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I was thinking this would be a great budget option, because once you've got your, like, survivalist... Um, you really just need to organise transport and then you can just pick a section of inhospitable jungle and claim it's a hotel. It, again, it's one of those things where you pitch um, a thing that is actually like extremely inconvenient and low budget as just being like avant-garde and high concept. Yeah, like a thing you, you do up. as a challenge in like a challenge documentary. Like I'm going right. to survive in the wilderness for two weeks, but you're just like, yeah, you can pay for this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why not? Charge people. You need somewhere to stay. How about the middle of this forest? Or people like the these Arctic days, tundra? they want genuine experience. And, and what more genuine experience is there than fighting for your life in a jungle? I couldn't agree more. I tell you what, while we're on the on this jungle kick, I've got a vision for a slightly, like, not a tall low budget one, actually. So you could either drop people in a jungle proper or make your own jungle. Uh-huh. Um I like the idea of a hotel where everything is made out of plants. And I don't mean some kind of eco-friendly, everything's biodegradable, or like everything's just made of wood, tree houses. Nah, forget about that. I'm talking about heavily engineered, like Frankensteinian plant life. <laughs> okay? You go to brush your teeth, I want you to have to snap a bristly twig off of a bush and then squeeze a seed pod so that this weird gook comes out and that's your toothpaste. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be sleeping on a bed 
not so much made of leaves, like torn off trees, like the way gorillas do. Um, grown like a spongy mat, like a... ex- exactly some kind of like uh, I don't know, some kind of fern or something, like some kind of tightly packed moss. You could go in, the, you know those um, oh, what are they called uh, pitcher plants. Yes, just get cozy in there. Get cozy in one of them because they got their little jug. It's Admittedly, it's full of, of you know like acid, but you and dead flies. You'd modify that out of there, whatever, and you snuggle up. Yeah, there. yeah, you know, you it somehow. Yeah, there's pl- plants that are practically made to contain uh, living creatures. Like, picture just, like, the biggest, snuggliest, coziest Venus flytrap. <laughs> you just get in there all cozy, and then you just touch that wall, boop, and it just gently... Oh, it's like a nice hug. ...rapidly enfolds you, yeah, in its spiky embrace. And you're you're safe there till morning, or longer. You'd yeah. have to figure out, like, again, the digestion element is something that you could engineer out. In the same way that we make seedless grapes, and that makes less than zero sense from the plant's point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, fruit, fruit is for reproduction purposes, but now we're making fruit that doesn't involve seeds. That's madness. But we we as humans benefit. And so I don't see any problem with creating uh, a toothpaste bush or pitcher plants uh, designed to not eat people. Or uh, I don't know. What, what else do hotels offer? I, I I don't know if you could construct an entire buffet breakfast out of different kinds of fruit trees. I don't know. Something. Well, sure, surely that's just like a vegan meal. Yeah, I guess it like a raw vegan meal. Yeah, you just got a veg patch and a fruit patch. It might be easier than I think. Maybe you could like get uh, some kind of plant which heats up. I'm sure there's a plant which can do that. Oh, yeah. And the lights are like bioluminescent fungus. Or yeah, like a plant which catches fire really easily. There's those, because yes. it, like, fertilizes their seeds. brush fires and that, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got a kitchen that is essentially just a big old heap of these. The, the kitchen <laughs> is a forest fire, let's be honest. Um, and you just bring a lot Fire would be dangerous in this hotel. Yeah, yeah, it would. I, I don't know how big it would need to be to contain all these. I feel like you wouldn't have so much a room with, like, your individual pod and your light. It would be more like, this is the sleeping tree. <laughs> you know, and then over there is like the breakfast field. There'd be a lot of walking around involved, but you know that's that's good for the health. Um, I feel like there's a market for this. And well, listen, that's plants, but there's also the equally artificial but more animal-themed option of just trying to replicate the experience that various animals have when they sleep. Right. So like a, a sloth hanging upside down. Yes, exactly that sort of thing. Or bats, they just fasten you by the feet to like a roof beam. <laughs> and your the blood Good goes night. to your head? Well, that's how bats live, and uh, that's the experience you have paid for. So yeah, for your comfort, <laughs> they will... Or like a dolphin, where they a... put you underwater and say, right, you have to be half asleep, or you'll drown. Yes, yes, yes. Or like uh, otters that uh, sleep in the water and hold hands with each other so as not to drift away, and it is adorable. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do that. Maybe, like you know, life first if you're feeling generous. Um, I don't know what else. How does seals sleep? I think it's a similar arrangement in the water. So I lots thought of seals slept ones. on land. Is that not true? Gosh, on like ice. I think they might do both, depending on whether they're migrating or not. Mm. I'm sure I saw something about migrating seals sleeping in the water. A bit underground, obviously, that's a nice, safe one. Um, just like a warren, uh, a den of, you know, badgers, a set, uh, you know, rabbits, nest. Yeah, I was going to say bees, but that, that in itself is kind of a hotel. It kind of is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, beehives somewhat stickier, I guess. Bee- than the yeah, standard. bees were like the first, um, the first pod hotels. Yeah, bees are the hotel hoteliers, hotelier, hoteliers. Ho- <laughs> they're the hotel runners of the animal <laughs> kingdom. I don't know how to say that word either, so I'm going to stay out of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to spell it, but anyway. 
so there we go. You could you could recreate a bunch of these. Like in the same way that some hotels have themed rooms, like this is the Neptune room, it's all fish themed and so on. This will be a fish themed room, but it's it's an aquarium and you sleep in it. Nice. Speaking of um dark places to sleep. Oh, I'm not done. Penguins. Penguins would be the best one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just against me. Yeah, you have to huddle up to keep warm. They're just blasting like Arctic winds oh, at you. It horrible. snows continuously. They bring you food every six months. Oh, and you have it's to rotate out towards the edges. Yeah, 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 constant motion, and like your wife is off somewhere eating fish, and you're hoping she comes back <laughs> in a month's time to, to regurgitate something to your mouth. Okay, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about the darkness. Speaking of dark places, <laughs> um, a hotel which is just dark inside. So you know those restaurants oh. which uh, are dark, the waiters are usually blind? I actually don't know. I've, I've heard vaguely about these. I did not know the waiters were blind. Yeah, so the whole idea is that, that you have blind waiters because it makes no difference to them. Um, and the food is supposed to taste better because all of your other senses are dampened down. Well, most of your vision, obviously, but that's dampened down. So it's just so that you focus more on the food that you're eating. Um, and really, I'm not on your taste. boring date. <laughs> exactly. Um, who you don't know what they look like anyway. So um, yeah, exactly. A, a true blind date, as it were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be a really good venue for those. People wouldn't be judging based on appearance immediately. Exactly. It's like in the film About Time. They literally meet in one of those restaurants. It's very cute. Oh. Um, well, there we go. It's a good idea. <laughs> I wish I'd had a it whole goes. hotel, which is like that. So you really get the best hotel uh, experience. The essence of hotel is distilled down and into your brain because you can't see anything. I like that a lot. How cosy would you be? So cosy. You didn't have to worry about turning off that nightlight. You're not going to get any work done before bed. No emails or whatever. No sources of light are allowed. They take your phone away. Exactly. Just sleep. The best sleep. And you can save so much on decor. <laughs> on like having to get like that mold issue removed or no one can tell yeah that's gonna it be filthy matter. it can look like whatever you want yeah it's fine no one knows if the sheets have been changed it's dark <laughs> that's horrifying i like the idea of the dark hotel a lot actually as a, just as an experience that's good you'd run into an people issue a lot with... <laughs> oh yes <laughs> you would but also like you know you've got a tiled bathroom and a shower and darkness and soap and i feel like there's just a poor combination there would be concussions I'd, how do people survive the restaurant is there, is there ever a, like people walking into a waiters issue or i think the waiters you stay in your seat unless you like get the attention of a waiter um i assume there's somewhere like ring a bell or something um right. but and then they, they take you everywhere because obviously they know the layout so well right. that they don't need to that they just know how to get around you know now i'm just super curious about these restaurants because a lot of the restaurant experience is site-based waiters are supposed to sort of vaguely keep tabs on your table so they can tell like oh they've closed all their menus they're ready to order or you know they're nearly done eating or going to pick up the like do you, do you have to ring different pitched bells at various points to let them know what stage you're at i honestly have no idea i'm guessing I don't even know if there are bells, but I think logically you just ring one bell and then the waiter comes to you and you say, what do you need? Yeah. Okay. I'm picturing a more a more complex orchestra. <laughs> At each table, you've got to figure out what all these bells mean. You like you ring one and he turns up with the, the dessert menu. It's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're in the wrong order. I'm sorry. Also, no, there can't be a dessert menu. You can't see. Uh, unless they just what? say what the food is. I guess so, and then the, the the waiters only communicate through bells. So you ring that, and he comes over and just starts reciting types of pudding. And you're like, no, oh, damn it, wrong one. You're fumbling for all these bells. Like, ding, ding, ding. Okay, I'll clear these plates away. Right, there we go. That was the right one. Thank you. I like I like for the hotel. Uh, buffet would be a challenge. 
It would. You know, there's like those heated uh, sort of pan things in which the covered bot sits where they've got these scrambled eggs and your sausages. You don't want to operate those in the dark necessarily. Because it's hard as I'm picturing. Yeah, in a in a dark restaurant, presumably the kitchen has light in it. <laughs> I would assume, unless the blind chefs are just extremely accomplished. That would be impressive. Layout. Super impressive. But yeah, you'd have your, your um, blind uh, guides through the hotel. Oh, and they stay in your room. <laughs> they're in the corner you don't know that <laughs> they are but the they do yeah, yeah. They, you just think it's very good service room service shows up very quickly but they've, but all, got, because... they've all got night vision goggles yeah <laughs> watching exactly because <laughs> people can't be trusted to uh to, to operate their own like you know that kettle they give you so you can make tea and coffee and stuff no 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 not in the not in the hotel of darkness yeah and they say oh yes we provided you with a, a state-of-the-art hotel robot which will do all this for you it's just a guy it's just a guy i like the idea of somehow combining this with the um the transparent hotel mode of glass like you've got a blindfolded person who's somehow they've been tricked and like wow this incredible dark hotel no one can see anything amazing and other people are just like snickering watching them stumble about stumble about naked yeah exactly there has to be a way of combining these in the jungle somehow (laughs) well when when you said you were taking this to a place of darkness um I imagined that it might be uh, like a, a, a conceptual darkness, a sort of spooky hotel. Mm-hmm. I feel sure that there are haunted hotels, sort of quote unquote haunted, in the way that you can get like a tour of, you know, like Scotland's most haunted castles or whatever. And it's just, it's places that are reputed to have been haunted. There are legends about them. And so it's just, you know, instead of being pure history themed, now it's ghost history themed. And then they're making a buck that way, which is all well and good. But, you know, they could, you know, the tour guides are jokingly going to be like, oops, see if you spot a ghost tonight. <laughs> and that's it. That's all you get. And then maybe there's a tier above that where they have actual like actors dressing as ghosts and stuff to like rattle the doors. I don't, I don't know if that exists. I would like it to. But I propose a step yet further where staying there is just a legitimately harrowing experience it's like um like a video game level there's always that one level yeah you know like the abandoned asylum or the abandoned hospital or whatever like that level of grime and broken downness and like the twitchy soundtrack and everything so would it would it be completely dark or, or is no, it like flickering like fluorescent light. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah, yeah, it would be. And there'd be like a, a twitchy like string soundtrack, and every so often you'd hear footsteps in the walls, uh, or like a door slamming shut a couple of corridors away. Oh. Just I feel like with the right ambience you could just really, really ruin a night's sleep. And that's my goal. One night's sleep? Maybe the night's sleep for the rest of your life. <laughs> Yeah, done correctly, you could really horrify people. Done correctly, you could have um, you could have people on massage beds, but they don't know that they are. Um, What? So you know, you know, like a vibrating bed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. So that you like send vibrations to them, and like, what was that? Yeah, exactly. Not, not like, like they're just having a lovely massage while there's all these screams going on. They're like, oh, this is so relaxed. You could confuse them that way. I don't know. No, I'm just saying like the infrastructure already <laughs> exists. Am I it's... relaxed or terrified? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying with the right soundtrack, with the right decor, um, with the right sort of mannerisms from your staff um, and a couple of like techie bits here and there. You could, you could, you know, you could freak people out yeah. quite a bit, I think. Man, and... the, the sound bath in this spa is really odd. Odd taste they've got for all these screams. <laughs> just screams at different pitches. You're in the gym, you're trying to work out, but your, your adrenaline is just pumping. Your heart rate is twice <laughs> as high as it should be. You're freaking out. Um, and my final idea, actually, mm. is a little bit um, like the spooky hotel, but not quite. I like the idea of 
I think they did an experiment at one time where they took, I think it was BBC radio presenters, and they put them in sensory deprivation rooms, dark, silent, and they just left them there for, I think, only a couple of days. Days? And they were... Yes. Whoa, what? How? Well, I think they fed them, and right. they had a cot to sleep on or whatever. Okay. Um, but the logic was, deprived of sight and sound, of stimulus, basically. Deprived of stimulus, because it was a relatively featureless room, um... Yeah, no one's talked to her or anything, but they were being recorded the whole time, so they were kind of narrating their experience. Yeah. I may be misremembering this, but anyway, I think it was this. And it was kind of, how does the human mind respond? How do people respond? And the answer is they go spare. Yeah, because like, even people who've been in those like sensory deprivation tanks for like an hour, they, mm. they like have hallucinations and stuff by the end. Exactly, yeah. And um, it's, like a, it's a form of torture, solitary confinement, you know, the pit or the hole or the cupboard or whatever that you shut someone in. Yeah, so this was a kind of willing torture. People um, put themselves through in the name of science or adventure or whatever. Uh-huh. And I think they started, they found behaviours just to fill the space, you know, just tapping a wall rhythmically, just to have something to focus on. Jeez. They talked a lot, just monologued to themselves, uh, and they lost sense of time almost immediately. Like, very, very quickly, they completely lost track of uh, how much time had gone by. And after a couple of days... They were going mad. And upon, I think they said, like, being let back out into the world of sight and sound was, uh, they assume, like, having your blindness cured. It was like being born again. Wow. Like a completely transformative, uh, relief-filled experience. Apparently it was it was very powerful. Um, so a little bit less intense than that, perhaps. But I like the idea of a hotel with, maybe it's not dark, but the lighting is just fixed. And there's no windows. You're uh-huh. just in a perpetual twilight. But it's re- is it a nice hotel? Yes, it can be. I um, <laughs> I don't know. I just want it to be slightly eerie because there's no clocks. No timepieces allowed of any kind. There's no bedside clock. There's no phone with a thing. You're, they, they, they take your phone away. And the staff have irregular hours. <laughs> and they won't give you a wake-up call. And they won't tell you what time it is. Um, or maybe they just, they do give you wake up calls, but they never do them when you say. <laughs> there we go. It's just a random. Yeah, I, I I kind of we had the high efficiency hotel where everything is as quick and easy as possible. This is the opposite. Yeah. You order room service, it might arrive in a week. Like I don't know. <laughs> There's no way of knowing how long anything takes. Um, and I just like the idea that you'd be there and and you'd be like, I do not know how long I've been in this hotel. I can't remember why or when I came here. Perhaps I've always been in this hotel. <laughs> I guess like the end of The Shining. <laughs> I don't know. I like the idea of someone going into that hotel having the mindset of someone who like counts cards in Vegas. Who's like, right, I'm going to beat the system. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go in and I'm just going to count in my I'm going to count heartbeats. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to constantly have track of time. All the time. You can't get to me. So they're just there counting like 24 hours a day. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, I feel like that's how everyone would start, like, once they'd figured it out. Or they, like, um, I guess what they they do is, like, you'd, like, set up a tap which drips. No, because then you couldn't track it. I, don't, I have no idea how you do it. Yeah, sleep would ruin it for you is the problem. Everyone's disoriented by length of sleep because you, you need a reference point. Mm. Otherwise, a nap can feel like eight hours. Unless you set up a camera on a tap dripping. No, because then how do you count the, the drips that are happening right now? But they're not going to let you set up a camera. Apart no, from that's else. true. It ruins the experience. I just, I just want to see these like zombified guests traipsing around the corridors. Some of them are having the breakfast is all day, obviously. So some of them are having <laughs> breakfast. Some of them are insisting on a nightcap. Um, and it's just, you know, well, how long have you been in here? I have no idea. Why would you ask me that? <laughs> 
like, what did you used to be? I can't remember. This is just a horrifying prison. Again, what... <laughs> I just, I want, I want people to enter the hotel and not leave. I want to relive the experience of, uh, of those good old theme parks I used to make. I think we've, just death we've, traps. <laughs> we've covered, um, yes, new ideas for hotels slash prisons uh, that would be great <laughs> slash awful. And no, don't burn that. That's a good. That's a good segment for for a future episode. I think. Well, maybe Not we can expand prisons. on this. Fu- maybe in, we can in the future. But for now, you're trapped in a hotel with no sense of time. That was the hypotheticals podcast. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at hypotheticals. That's hypotheticals without the R. Follow me individually at Rain Tortoise. That's Rain like the weather phenomenon. And Tortoise like the animal. And you can follow me at Mr. Howell. That's M-R-H-O-W-L. If you've enjoyed this, please do leave us a review on iTunes. Because it really helps. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>